you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. Hello everyone. Thank you for joining us again today. So we are continuing our series on kingdom culture. And today we want to look at the community of the kingdom. So when we are saved by grace through faith, we become part of the people for whom Christ died. That is his community. In describing this, this is what John Stott said about the church. He said, the church is not an accident of history. It is God's new community. Christ did not die to save isolated individuals and so perpetuate their loneliness, but rather to build his church that is to call out of the world a people for his own glory. So we become part of a bigger people, a bigger group of people, and not that we just get saved and then we are just walking in loneliness. So when we say community of the kingdom, what then do we mean? So this community of the kingdom consists of a people or people who have repented. They have believed in the death and the resurrection of Jesus and has a common experience of being saved by grace through faith. So to help us understand this community, I want us to look at some few words we can associate with this community. Now, the first word I want us to look at is the word fellowship. Now, the Greek word that is used here is kononia. We can find this in Acts 2.42, and then it's also in 2 Corinthians 9.13. This shows we are an alternative culture that models the future. We are a community that models alternative and distinctive ways to do life and everything in this world. This community of the kingdom is like a city that is on a hill. People should see what we do, and because our behavior shines out visibly, they give glory to our Father who is in heaven, Matthew 5, 14. The church then is to be a model of what God's future society under Christ will look like to the world. We are to model the transformation that the gospel makes to every area of life. In the face of hatred, this new kingdom community we show love. In the face of intolerance, in this kingdom community we show welcome. In the face of selfishness, we show generosity and altruism. In the face of hypocrisy, we show honesty and we show sincerity. In the face of injustice, this community will show fairness and then justness. So this Greek word, kononia, which is quite hard to translate, but often is translated as the word fellowship, is linked with words such as common, sharing, and then participation. And this is what the community is all about. In this New community of the kingdom is a depth of friendship, a depth of togetherness that we talk about, a depth of fellowship that we talk about, that cuts across 
ages. It cuts across ethnicity. It cuts across background. It cuts across cultures. It cuts across color. Or it cuts across class. I must say personally that I am here to experience this depth of friendship that I have found in this kingdom community from anywhere else in the world. Now, the second word I want to associate with this kingdom community is the word a people. We say we are a people for God, a people of God, sorry. In 1 Peter 2 9, we are a new humanity. We have been changed by our encounter with Christ. We are more like one another than our own race or our own societies. Peter says that, but you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people for his own possession. That you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So this is who we are in this community. Before God saved the nation of Israel from Egypt, when they were slaves, God gave Moses a promise. This is what God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 to 7. God said to Moses, say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people. And I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. So this was God speaking to Moses. And this was his promise to Moses. So what made Israel the people of God? Just like Israel, we could not save ourselves. We were not God seekers. Frankly, I wasn't a God follower. I didn't look after God. I didn't pursue the things of God. But Paul says that when we were still sinners, when we were still without any hope, when we were still in the world, Christ died for all of us. So in this new community, these are people who have been saved purely by grace. We have become a people of God. We did not come into this community by our merits. We didn't come by our status. We didn't come into this community by our positions in life. This makes us his people. We are his. Another word I want to associate even with this new community is the word family. Other Christians have become my brothers. They are now my sisters. One another, they have become my mothers and then they are my fathers. So the community is not just an organization. It is not just like a corporate society or it's not like a club that you sign up to and then you join. No, it is a family. Why? Because God's intention is to bring the whole human race together, united around Christ in this new community of the kingdom. When the Spirit was poured on the day of Pentecost, that was God's intention. So just as we join our natural families by physical birth, 
And for some of us, I know it's by adoption. So joining God's family, Jesus says it requires a spiritual rebirth. He told Nicodemus, you must be born of water and of the spirit. So God then gives us his Holy Spirit. He says it is a deposit that guarantees the future work of God. That one day God is going to restore all things. And by this same spirit, we are able to cry out as Abba, Father. Why? We have become adopted children who have become part of this family. The family is a home. It's meant to be an answer to the deep longings that we find in our world. The longings to be accepted. The longing to belong. The longing to be loved. The longing to be welcome in our world. I must say people have tried to find these things from everywhere in the world. But deeply and profoundly, these are gifts that God, by the power of his spirits, have given out to this new community. So it is only Christ that enables us to find these longings within this new community of the kingdom. Let me ask have you found family in this new community? Have you found a home in this community of the kingdom? Most people in church will tell you they came to Christ because they felt loved, they felt cared for, or they felt welcome. So for them, it was a love encounter. And for others, it might be a truth encounter. Others, again, it might be a power encounter, God revealing himself even to them. It is in our world. I want us to look at building healthy community practices. In Acts 2, from verse 42 to 47, Luke, the writer, tells us about the early church. I want us to look at the early church. So the first thing that Luke brings out to us in Luke 2 from verse 42, he says that this early community of believers, Luke says that they were devoted to certain activities. The first thing he puts on the list there, he says, devotion to the word. So I must say that the study of the apostles' teaching was on top of the list of the activities that Luke says that this early community found themselves doing to build this community. So healthy communities consume a healthy diet of sound doctrine. They feast literally on the word of God. So this truth is a great reminder to all of us that we must lay down any desire to let our own opinions, maybe entertainment, emotions, feelings, or what we think we want to do, dictate what we do as a community. Why? Scripture is sufficient to build up. Scripture is sufficient to bless this new community. Scripture is sufficient to increase even this bride. And scripture is sufficient even to make us who God wants us to be. In verse 43, Luke says that signs and wonders were being done by the apostles. I must say that 
These signs were not merely power displays within the early community to prove who was the most powerful. I don't think so. The signs validated the apostles' teaching. And it does tell us that God can choose at any moment and he does to perform a miracle. But we should also realize that the miracles were serving the message. They were serving the message. Scripture says, and and these signs shall follow them. We do not follow the signs. The signs shall follow them, shall follow us. I believe some few weeks back, we all listened to the message from Hannah Pereira when she spoke about the upside-down kingdom, the V-shaped life. I believe some of the things he brought to us helps us understand some of the things that we are called even to become, some of the ways we are called to become even in this kingdom. Because the opposite of what she shared actually means that these things become threats even to living in the kingdom community. What else do we see among this early church? We see devotion to one another. So their devotion to one another was also tied to their fellowship with the Father. We should actually spend time to teach, consider, and pray into the one another passages that Paul talks a lot about, even in the New Testament. Let's look at some of these one another passages. Outdo one another in showing honor, Romans 12, 10. It says, I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another, John 13, 34. Be hospitable to one another without complaining, 1 Peter 4, 9. I know this is not easy, especially sometimes when when the guest is not thinking of even leaving again, leaving. Let us watch out for one another to provoke unto love and then unto good works. Hebrews 10, 24. It says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. James 5, 16. Don't speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters, James 4, 11. Do not grumble against one another, James 5, 9. Be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4, 32. Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ, Ephesians 5, 21. In humility, consider others as more important than yourselves, Philippians 2, 3. Without the cross, without the gospel, the way will have been blocked for us being able to submit to one another. Why? Our egos will have been on the way. Do not lie to one another, Colossians 3, 9. Encourage one another, 1 Thessalonians 4.18. I know it's not easy because sometimes, naturally, we are quick to find fault, blame, and complain about one another. What about encouragement? It's a blessing that we within the resurrection community can display the beauty of what it means to be in fellowship with Jesus and to live the one another culture. 
The world sees and they wonder people who were supposed to be enemies, how come they could live together? People who couldn't even have been talking to one another, how come they are able to live together? What else do we see? We see devotion to the breaking of bread and then prayer. I believe this likely covers both the Lord's Supper, larger and smaller meal gatherings, house meetings and small groups meetings or what we call city group meetings. So more than the meal, we all have a good meal. Healthy communities are filled with affections for the crucified and the risen Savior. Everything we do as communities should be in nature Christ-centered. It should be all about the risen Savior. They prayed as they walk along the road, as they encounter the sick while being persecuted, and as intercession, they prayed over even particular situations that looked impossible to this early community. All of this reminds us that healthy communities are also praying communities. What else do we see? We see profound generosity, especially within the church, and we see daily evangelism. I believe amongst us here, sitting here, we try to support one another, especially during these times of hardship through our city care ministry, providing provisions and supporting other people who are in need. And we want to even go further to support institutions where we have the vulnerable in the city. We have young men and women, the abuse, those seeking refuge in the city. So how can you and I even help to serve the needs of the poor, the vulnerable in our community and in the city where we find ourselves? Luke also says that people were added to the number of the community. They were added to the church. How were people added? Obviously, the Lord added them to the community. He alone, God alone converts people. But God uses means. And what we see here in Acts of the Apostles, that means was faithful evangelism. That was friendship evangelism, household evangelism. We see hospitality. We see networking. We see people using their positions of influence within the community. People were converted daily because believers were evangelizing daily. Healthy communities will have a burden for outsiders. That means sometimes boldness, creatively and with compassion, finding ways to proclaim the gospel to our friends, to our neighbors, and even to our co-workers. The prophet Jeremiah wrote a letter to the Jews who were in exile in Babylon. And I want us to look at this letter as we take from it some practical ways to build and also develop our communities. In Jeremiah 29 from verse 5 to 7. So if we look at our city where we live in now, life can be transient. People are working enormous hours. And for some, living in the city can be very expensive. So most people see themselves as living here only temporarily. So building and developing community is no longer easy. I must say it requires intentionality, maybe greater 
than that required of our ancestors, maybe. And for some people, it is uncomfortable because it requires us going beyond, going out of our comfort zone. It may require going out of your gated community and you now have to live a community life different from what you are used to. But that is what the gospel calls us unto. So the first thing I see there is casting a city vision with a positive view of the city. That was Jeremiah's call to the exiles that were in Babylon seeking the welfare of the city where God has placed them. So we should be asking questions such as, what is God's creational design for our city where we live in? Why are we here? Are we living for this city? Or are we just in the city for career advancement and maybe for some for fun? Do we have the same attitude that God wanted the Jews to have in Ezra for the city or the place where they were in Babylon? I believe this question should direct us into seeing how we may build and develop the community where we are in now. God has more for our cities. And from this scripture, I believe Jeremiah was also saying that encourage one another to settle down and to raise their families in the city if that is possible. Because if we're looking at building our community over the long haul, then we should be looking at thinking way, 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 way out there. And that may mean settling down and possibly raising families. People to consider adjusting their stay within the city for us to be able to build communities over the long haul. Because some people will say, no, my stay is going to be for four years. It might mean thinking of, another, thinking of making it six years. Someone might say, I'm staying for six years. It might mean thinking of making it eight years for the sake that we will build and develop these communities that we find ourselves in here. Last week, I was with the men's bowling uh, get-together when we played together. I think I met a group of students, young, brilliant guys there. It does bring to mind that we should start thinking about student support and network groups so that we have students thinking about college and university admission amongst us, how to support one another for things like internships, jobs in the city, even before graduation. So we have a body of students that will help us to build and even develop our community. Professional network groups. Jeremiah's letter was sent to the Jews that were in Ezra, we had the elders, we had the priests, we had prophets, we had craftsmen, we had artisans in our contest. We have teachers, we have engineers, we have bankers, doctors, professionals in various fields, lawyers, sales, insurance, pilots, people in different, different, different fields. So in growing and developing and in building, we should be thinking about Groups that have the same affinity that will come together, who speak the same language, they can eat together, sit, and then brainstorm regularly and consider how we can reach out, be missional, and then we can serve our community. 
And then I also have here planting and then strengthening our city groups or small groups or live groups. Why do we need to be pursuing this? Because the truth is, unless the number of people in our small groups or weekly groups that meet together is more than half the number of people that gather for our congregational meetings such as today, unless the number is more than half, we may be heading in the direction of being a consumer center rather than being a community that is growing and developing itself. Now, as I round up my message, let's ask ourselves, which of these community building practices are you and me together as a group? Which of them are we best at? Which of these practices needs improvements in our communities? How are you advancing in this Christian community? What role are you playing in building this community. But as we build and develop the fuel that should drive the engines of our hearts, that fuel should be love. And I want to just quote Eugene Peterson, what he says on this in closing. Our call to community living is not a self-project. We are not a self-defined community. We are a God-defined community. The love that God pours out for and in us creates a community in which that love is to be reproduced in our love for one another. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the work you did on the cross in bringing us even into community. We thank you for the price that you paid. We ask you to ignite your love in our hearts, Lord, even today. By the power of your Spirit, help us to be able even to serve one another, love one another, and be there even for one another. I pray that you help us to become like the early church, May we grow to be such as the early community that we find in Acts chapter 2. We pray that, Lord, you help us to grow and develop this community building practices. Holy Spirit, without your presence, without your working in us, Lord, we know we wouldn't even have known one another. We wouldn't have known ourselves in community. Therefore, we open up, Lord, help us to grow and build and develop the communities where you have planted us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai.